Hi everyone and welcome to the It's Good to Talk uh, podcast brought to you by Student Minds at Canterbury Christchurch University and then hosted on the Society's podcast uh, YouTube page. Uh, so it's uh, myself, Adam Parsons, I'm president of uh, Student Minds at the university. Uh, then we have Lauren Massa, who is Wellbeing Officer for uh, Student Minds, and uh, Ben Reeves, who is the Treasurer for Student Minds. So uh, we're all but one or two of the committee basically in today. Uh, and what we're going to be doing is effectively a film review slash discussion on potentially one of the most well-known films, uh, especially well-known mental health films, um, in inverted commas, of all time. And that is Rain Man, probably one of the films that made... Uh, two people's careers at least in uh, a lot of people's eyes and that's Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise. Uh, as always with every one of these podcasts I would like to warn everyone out there, so uh, trigger warning, that we are likely to swear. I am almost definitely likely to swear. Um, there could be coarse language, uh, heightened disagreement and there may be things that you find offensive. That isn't our intention so if you feel that you may be in that position please do leave now. Um, as well as that, anything that we do say is our opinion and our opinion alone. It does not reflect the uh, student minds group or the university or the student union or any individual associations that we may have ourselves. So going into it, um, let's just uh, work it around the room. So Lauren, what, we'll look at it in two, in two forms both as a film in general, and also as a mental health film. So as a film in general, what did you think? Is there anything good, bad, and different? In general, as a film, I didn't really like it, but that's just because it was like nearly two and a half hours long and a bit slow and just a bit, yeah. And your internet connection didn't help. Film, it was, <laughs> huh? Your internet connection didn't help with that either. No, <laughs> it kept like stopping and starting. So it was just, it was, it was a very long process to watch the film. So when you say it was a slow film, what do you mean? I mean like there wasn't much in it to keep your attention. Okay. I have a ridiculously short attention span anyway. So I was sitting there watching it like, okay. And then my brain was just going, Woo! You needed a Michael Bay explosion in the background somewhere. Yeah, I needed, I needed like, I don't know, I don't know. Just Tom Cruise at the beginning of it, he didn't hold, hold my attention because he was just a dick. That is the point though. <laughs> yeah, but that just made me not want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, get, I get that. I suppose that the whole point was that you needed, you needed him to be a dick so that he could be the offset against Dustin Hoffman's character. Um, yeah. Weirdly enough, Dustin Hoffman, who plays, um, uh, plays his older brother. So anyone that doesn't know, Rain Man um, basically is the story of a, um, two brothers. Their father has just died. Uh, the younger brother is played by Tom Cruise. The older brother is played by Dustin Hoffman. So it's Charlie and Raymond. And um, Charlie didn't realize he had an older brother. Um, he only knew him when he was like six years old and it's completely just gone out of his memory. He hasn't known him since. Um, but he finds out that uh, Raymond is uh, severely autistic and actually has been institutionalized because that's the kind of thing that you do in America at that time. And actually in some states still do, <coughs> Alabama. Um, so yeah oh yeah um so 
uh, yeah, so th there is there is that. Um, so that's basically where we're coming from. Weirdly enough, Justin Hoffman was meant to play Charlie. Originally, that's what he was cast for. Yeah, which do, it's really weird when you see the film. You kind of go, "How the hell could he have played that character?" But yeah, Dustin Hoffman, um, who played Raymond, originally was meant to be the asshole brother. So I don't know who the and and uh, Jack Nicholson and Mel Gibson. One of those two were originally meant to play Raymond. Mm -hmm. I really don't think I could have seen Mel Gibson as that. But there we go. Um, ben, what do you think of it as a as a film in general? What do you what do you think? Any good, bad, indifferent points? Um, it's very eighties. Like it's got the synthesizer soundtrack, and um, I I watched it quite a while ago, but like. Um, I think the pacing's okay. Like, like everything's introduced like very slowly, and like there's enough room for like the character to de to characters to develop. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, on the mental health side of things, I think. Oh, I think we'll we'll get into that because then uh, there may be a, another round for, for that. Um, <laughs> okay. It is it is very eighties. Um, I mean, the opening scene is uh, the younger brother Charlie oh. on a phone selling Lamborghinis. It's it's, it's, it's the most eighties. It is so eighties. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, I think the pacing because definitely if we look at say okay, Lauren. So let's just throw it back to you because of the pacing. Um, yeah. It, do you not think maybe it had to be slow for Charlie's character? If we ignore everyone else, just for Charlie's character, because it is over the space of six days is the film's kind of pacing. Um, and, the, and Charlie's character completely changes. Um, do you think maybe if it was quicker that that wouldn't feel as earned? I don't really know, to be honest. I just, I can't get over the fact that not enough happens to feel nearly two and a half hours. <laughs> like, if you think of a two and a half hour film, like, I don't even know. What's, what's another two and a half hour film? Lord of the Rings. I haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be specific, it was two hours, nine minutes, but... <laughs> what is it? Is it two hours, 17 on Prime? Uh, it's two hours, 17 if you include credits. Oh, I did not watch the credits. But still, it's still just too long. And okay, so I'm just. So I mean, so I like short films. You like short films? Yeah. A, a Disney fan. Um, <laughs> it's weird because films. Actually, if you take all films from that period, they're usually around that length. It's actually it was the nineties, two thousands, and later where they suddenly were and a half, and a half, and a half, and suddenly everything was that length. But if you go back before that, because obviously I'm a bit older than you two, films were that long. That's just, that's just how long films were. And I, I remember when I started seeing films that were an hour and a half thinking, this is the fuck to do something. Like, wh why are they so short? Like, the hell? Uh, so I, I kind of almost had the other view, but obviously the development as well. So did either of you know any of the background to this film before you watched it? No? Nope. Nope. Ben? Hello. Has Ben frozen? I'm here. I'm yeah. here. Right. Sorry, I just had to switch to mobile network. Right. No, that's yeah. fine. Let's, let's, uh, we won't mention the mobile network, but maybe uh, switch back. Um, so <laughs> did you know anything about the film beforehand? Did you know, um, like, did, had it, 
apart from just the mental health side of it, did you know anything about it? Like anything in the in uh, the general, um, you know, uh, society that it had come back to you? Do you know anything about it at all, or was it just a case of, oh, I've heard that f- of, of that film, I better watch it? Um, there's more of a case of I've heard of it and yeah. <laughs> I better watch it, and um, it's impact, I guess. Okay, so it did have it definitely had impact um yeah. whether that was good or bad is debatable um so i mean it's actually based based on um a real person uh so the guy is called uh kim peak uh he's from salt lake city utah uh he was uh debatably autistic um, he, he was either autistic or FG syndrome or potentially both, uh, because he also had physical disabilities as well. In real life, uh, Kim Peek was actually far more socially interactive than Dustin Hoffman's character. He could have a conversation. It wasn't necessarily as in-depth as potentially we're having here, but he could hold a conversation. He understood you. He wouldn't need to revert back to a childlike state, even though his language may be childlike in some way. Um, so there is some debate about that as well. So there is an issue with it. Um, also, uh, so when they created it, they added in a brother. There isn't one. Um, the father was in real life is still alive. In fact, the father was looking after um kim peak until until kim peak's death actually because he died before his father did he died at 58 in 2009 his father died in 2014 88 um uh, after their mother left in the 70s because of course 70s autistic or fg syndrome whatever someone with some form of mental disability for them was an issue um so yeah, they, it did have, there was background to it. It wasn't just brought out of someone's imagination, but it, was, but it wasn't necessarily a, an exact replica of real life uh, events. It was just a, based on the ideas of... Okay, so, um, obviously it won four Oscars. Uh, it's, I think, actually one of the Oscars was given to Kim Peek as a kind of here, this is all because of you. Uh, it was one of, I think it's the only film in history to be um, a winner of an Oscar and uh, German film festival. It's very well regarded in general. And it obviously, as you say, Ben, has had uh, an impact on society. Now here's where we get to the um, crux of it. What about it as a mental health film? Uh, if we go round again, Lauren, what do you think of it in terms of a mental health film? You can be honest. These are your opinions at this specific time. Come on. I think it, I don't think it portrays, but what, what was the guy called that was ill? In uh, his character name? Yeah. Raymond. Raymond, yeah, that was it. Um, so, uh, like, I don't think it portrayed him in a very nice way at some points. And like, I don't understand why they made um, him kiss his brother's girlfriend or made his girlfriend's brother kiss. Him. Like, that was a bit of a weird scene in the, in yeah. the, in, was it Las Vegas or wherever they were? Yeah. It was a yeah, weird, yeah. yeah. Cause he was, 
was made out to be like this innocent man all along, and then he's suddenly kissing his. I mean, she was the one kissing him. That yeah, was very much her. Yeah, it was very much her that did it. But it was still a bit... Why, why would you do that? I don't understand why they put that in. Yeah, it's a bit weird. It, just... was, it was quite a good representation of how hard it could be for someone if they don't understand kind of how to deal with someone that has those issues. Because Tom Cruise was getting like frustrated and annoyed with him and it shows just how not to do it <laughs> yeah at the beginning and then he slowly learns obviously and he gets a lot better but you can tell how little was really known about autism um yeah back then i mean there's one scene where the nurse the nurse comes out yeah. and says he's artistic now he's autistic i don't know what that is yeah it's just exactly. 1988 it's like it's not a... that long ago yeah. it's the late 80s um now yeah it's the the biggest thing that stuck in my craw is um well no not the biggest thing there's there's so many things um so if anyone's out there is wondering i fucking hate the way this film talks about mental health we will go on to it um but so i don't know about you guys growing up but certainly for me growing up when i was growing up in the 90s if you said, or if you discussed anyone being autistic, the first thing in anyone's head was, oh, Rain Man. Oh, they must have special abilities. In fact, in the film, the fucking doctor goes, does he have any special abilities? Like he's some kind of superhero. And actually the doctor makes a point in the film. He says a few things that are wholeheartedly wrong. One of them is repeated several times, even by the psychiatrist in the home. And that is that he is a high functioning autistic person. No, he fucking isn't. He is the definition of low functioning because he has no social interaction. He doesn't know how to deal with so Literally find the definition of low functioning um, autistic behavior. That is his character in this. But the doctor actually says, oh, he's one of the lucky one, ones. He's, um, he's high functioning. Um, most of them aren't able to talk or communicate. Now, only about 25% of people with autism have issues with speaking. Even less of that, about 10% have savantism, which is the genius um, idea of one thing you're crap at, one thing you're a massive genius at, because of course he can count cars and he's um, you know, a genius at, uh, at memory and things like that. But that film keeps banging home. Oh, he's a, he's a savant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the picture that was painted all through my childhood was, oh, he's autistic. Oh, he must be able to do loads of things with numbers then. Because in everyone's head, Rain Man, that's what it was. And yes, it did a lot for, before that, no one knew what autism was. No one had discussed it. The, the society didn't know it. it. You know, it wasn't known even by the nurses in the film and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, it completely misrepresented what autism was. Now, those of you who don't know, myself and Ben have um, shown up on, the, uh, on uh, the spectrum for autistic spectrum disorder. Both of us would class as high functioning. At no point have either of us had to recite um, uh, Abbott and Costello's uh, skit to try and understand humour. 
both of us may have issues at times with I don't know about you, Ben, I have issues with in terms of visualization of fantasy things. So if I'm reading a book, I cannot visualize that. That's why I'm very hard at, at reading fictional books. There's only certain ones I can do because I just can't visualize it. I find it insane that someone can read a book and see it. That just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so there are, there are issues of, of um, interaction of how your brain would work and how you can do things like that. I also have OCD as well, which links in quite a lot with... Um, uh, ASD, or what, what it's now called, although it's been called about 50 different things in my lifetime at least. Um, but according to the film, I should be rocking back and forth, screaming every time an alarm goes off and count cards. Now, to a point, if I use the, ha- the high-low method, I probably can count cards, which also is a point of issue in that film, that the security guard goes, no one on earth can um, keep record of six shoes in, in one deck. Yes, they can. The high-low method means you, could be a, can, you, should, you wouldn't be able to understand maths and you can still use the high-low count, card counting. So there's issues with that as well. But um, there's so many things wrong with, for, in terms of the representation of mental health because it's always held up as this, oh, it is the, it's the pinnacle of mental health films because it does this, because it brought autism into the, um, into the limelight and all this kind of stuff. Yes, it did. But it brought, it brought it into the limelight the same way Jack the Ripper brought um, uh, murderers into the limelight. Just because it's there doesn't mean it's right. It's, it's going, look, all autistic people are either unable to speak or if they're really lucky, they can count numbers and rock back and forth. Now, that's not taking the mick or trying to say anything bad against people that are low functioning, that are like that. And that's horrific for those people that are. But this film suggests that those people now have a special ability. And so it completely disregards people that can't do a trick. If they're, if they're unable to interact properly, they have social um, awkwardness, anything like that, but they can't do a trick, oh, they're brushed aside because of this film. And actually, the changes to um, the institutionalization of autistic people and the change in terms of um, how uh, psychiatry and mental health in general looks at autism still hasn't changed in some places in America. And if it has, took decades like the 90s to 2000s to do anything in America. On this flip side of that, when people say about how amazing it was as a film, Ray-Bans went up by 15% in sales that year because Tom Cruise wore some in, the, in one of the main scenes because of that film. So which one of them was actually doing its job? The marketing or the representation of autism? It's, I'll let you talk, Ben, sorry. I, can, I kind of took over there because the film pisses me off so much. But go for it, Ben, go on. Yeah, it's like you said, I think it gives like sort of the wrong impression of what autism actually is like. And like, I don't know, like, I know that Dustin Hoffman sort of shadowed someone who was Kim low Peek. functioning. Kim yeah, Peek. Yeah. Literally him. Yeah. yeah. The great thing about that, as I stated, Kim Peek could interact with people and he shadowed yeah. him. So why the fuck yeah. doesn't he speak properly? Don't get me wrong, Kim Peek still has issues. Like I said, he still has. And actually, before the film came out, he, he was not as um, well-functioning as afterwards. It actually seemed to help him. But he did mm. not. He did not react the same way as, um, as uh, Dustin Hoffman. The main thing that Dustin Hoffman seems to get right 
in that film in terms of his social awkwardness is the eyes is not making eye contact that is definitely yeah. something that kim peak does and for people with autism is is always known as uh, 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 many times along there i mean even i do it sometimes it's not too bad when i'm just looking at a camera but even i do it sometimes i'll look away especially when i'm having an argument if anyone ever notices um that when i'm having an argument i tend to look away or look down um people do it's just what autism kind of it's a it's a, it's a thing there um i mean the one thing kim peak could do those things those special abilities um that is mentioned in the film he could card count he could get um like a secondary recall from dropping um you know uh, toothpicks he did have those abilities but it seems like the film just took that part of him and then filled in the gaps with screaming a, an alarm sorry i'll go back to you ben i'm, I'm just yeah i'm just gonna go silent that's fine that's fine <laughs> Like, um, I understand what you mean about the eye contact because like, I find it very difficult to make eye contact with people. Like, it's gotten better in the recent years, but like, yeah. So, but um, I think it just took a stereotype to the extreme, personally, and maybe even created a stereotype. I don't know, but um, yeah. Like, and there's, considering there's like, better representations of people on the spectrum out there like film wise i think like i don't know i've i completely lost track of what i was saying sorry no, that's fine it's <laughs> fine i probably didn't help by cutting in uh, yeah i mean there's i can't think of it there's another there's another program out recently doctor something or other where they where they say it again about he acts the same way as dustin hoffman does in that film but yeah. what is irritating to me is that even those that are trying to act the, I hate using the word elitism because it usually it usually means people like me um but so the guardian did an article two or three years ago on rain man and you know 30 years later um and they were there it was an opinion piece obviously but it was by a person who does write about disability and everything like that and he's not a bad writer, but there was one way that he said that pissed me off because he made the same mistake the film does. And that's because he said that there has been no one in films or in um, TV since that has made the same kind of impact and has been a representation of someone with autism. That's because you aren't recognizing the person with autism, not because there hasn't been one. That's what irritated me because it said that it made the same mistake. It made that stereotype in, in his head. He was looking for a certain representation. There's plenty yeah. of films where you could legitimately suggest that the person in the film or the program has some form of autism, even some form of savantism that actually represents it better than in that film. Um, you've got, you know, you've got. I, I can think of an obvious one where the social interaction is completely gone. That's House, although he would be a savant. But, you know, there, there's so many types of representation. Actually, House probably represents it better than, if, better than, um, than Dustin Hoffman does, at least if you're thinking in terms of high functioning. But they never represent him as, um, as autistic, of course. But there's there's that so many times where you could say actually someone in that program probably did 
have autism or was on was asd was you know on the spectrum so many times in fact i'm almost certain i couldn't name them but i'm almost certain there's probably actors and tv stars in programs that have asd and we just haven't picked up on it because we're looking for something even those of us that would be on that spectrum are still because it's in our heads looking for the savant looking for the genius um who is completely one way but actually they're a genius and everything else you're looking for that card counter you're looking for the person that can just do that because that's what autism represents certainly was when i was a kid and my dad was a psychiatric assistant nurse and i still had that viewpoint so it's it's weird to me it is so weird and i think maybe i mean you're saying that you you don't like the representation of it either ben um yeah I have a feeling maybe this is because both of us have, as well as just ASD, both of us have other issues as well. Um, yeah. And Lauren, you don't have ASD. And you saw it as a, a good representation of mental health, which worries me on the, on the, no, no, I'm not, I, I'm not having a go at you. I am. I made it very clear at the beginning of this podcast that it's you know there's going to be opinions that we disagree and things like that i'm not having a go at you my point was not your issue but society's issue because they've only people and this is off the cuff okay but it seems like only people that have some interaction or a higher interaction with it don't see it as a good film everyone else just kind of goes oh well it really helped um shine a light on autism yeah I guess, but nothing fucking changed. Like it took so long and I'm, I'm certain it may have changed now. I don't know if there's anyone from um, Alabama watching this. I doubt it. But if you are, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost certain you can still be institutionalized in Alabama um, for, uh, for, for having low, low functioning. Cause I will repeat that low functioning autism he certainly wasn't high functioning um and that annoys me as well because it's it suggests that because that that completely would cut out myself and you ben as being mm. people that need some form of help because we're not we're clearly not autism because we can interact and the highest functioning they still can't interact then you cut off everyone it's a fucking nightmare it's it, it really cuts off at both ends it's that's what really pisses me off about it but what do you guys think if, if you put the two together the idea of the mental health and the film together how do you view it what about you ben because i've i haven't asked you first before i asked lauren go on the idea of the mental health and the film yeah like together. together so you said what you thought of it as a film you said what you thought of it in terms of mental health representation if we think of them yeah. both together like an amalgamation of them both in your head, so don't separate them. How do you see it as a film? As a film, um, I was going to say something regarding the mental health. I think, oh, go, go for it, go for it, yeah, yeah. I think, like, despite the fact that it gets it so wrong, <laughs> um, I think it's just by existing to be corrected, it's brought a uh, sort of awareness around um uh asd yeah even though it is wrong yeah like, it's still like it's there to be corrected sort of thing 
it's wrong, but if it hadn't have been wrong, I'd never be here ranting that it was wrong. Yeah, I get your point. Yeah, it definitely, yeah. It, it's definitely, it, it created itself into a society that could correct it. Um, and it's, I suppose we'd, we'd, we'll never know where we would be if the film wasn't here. You know, yeah. would it still be that all states in America could institutionalise it? Would we be recognised at all? How would it have developed as a, as a, as a um, disorder and things like that? Because, um, I mean, ASD in its current form is like two, three years old. Oh, <laughs> did not yeah, know that. Well, Asperger, Asperger syndrome technically doesn't exist anymore because yeah. it's been brought into ASD. But, I mean, Asperger syndrome, you still have people that, that consider themselves to have Asperger's or people that call them Asperger's. So, yeah, ASD in its current kind of identification is is really new. So it is wondering, yeah, how would it have interacted if it had been, if that film hadn't been there to just make normal people think about it? Um, yeah, um, I will go back to, um, go back to the original question. So in, in terms then all of that together, how do you see it as, yeah. a, as a as a film then? Um. I think it's quite a good character study, like just about how the characters have developed and how Tom Cruise turns into like some arsehole to a bit of an arsehole still, but slightly less, maybe. Um, an arsehole with good intentions, you mean? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did not um, have good intentions at the beginning. <laughs> no, no, I mean, nah. he developed into that. Yeah, he developed yeah, yeah, into yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like it's been quite a while since I watched hard. it. Yeah, and it's hard to put it back together when you're getting angry or annoyed about one part of it, but there's the other part of it as it is as a film. It is hard to kind of push them back together. It's weird yeah. because you're saying about the development of the character. I actually think right at the end, Charlie's the only character that gives a shit about Raymond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the doctor, and the problem is, is that Raymond completely shrinks back into himself at the end because over six days he's actually become more developed and he's interacted more and he's you know he's been able to tell he got himself a date he got himself a date with, with a hooker um <laughs> he's a high roller in a casino it wasn't that hard for him to get a date with a hooker um but yeah i mean he he interacted and it actually at one point he learns to dance which was not you know he's not seemingly possible at the beginning but then by the end of it he reduces himself back because he's under pressure and his doctor's going, well, it is not possible. He can't do that. And Charlie's there going, you haven't spent 24 hours a day for six days with him. Have you ever done that? You haven't done that. I know what's best. And in the end, just has to give up and, and go, right, well, I'll, I'll um, come and see him. Because, there's, because the doctor tries to pay him off. He basically, because the whole thing, I don't even know if I mentioned it, because the whole thing is when their dad died, Raymond inherited three million pounds Charlie starts off as an arsehole trying to get the money. By the end, the doctor tries to give him $250,000 to fuck off. And Charlie gives him it back and get, goes, it's not about the money anymore. It's about seeing my brother and what's best for him. And it is really weird because at the beginning, you're there going, oh, this doctor's trying to do what's best. And he's, okay, it's institutionalized, it's not great, but from what it is, and Charlie's the arsehole. And at the end, you're going, oh, shit. What, like, actually, the, the institution is just throwing him in a room and just expecting him to be able to do nothing um which is really f fucked up um he was, he, was, he was only allowed out for two hours wasn't it 
Yeah, because at the beginning when he um, when he went off with Tom Cruise, he's like, I, I need to be back in two hours. I need to be back in two hours. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, so his character, that re- repetition thing, you see that in so many things. The Simpsons do a version of him where, yeah. he, where he hits his head because he, he gets touched. Homer Simpson copies him, copies the character at one point, which is effectively the Simpsons taking the piss out of a low-functioning autistic person. That is a, basically what it is. Because all they're doing is he does that and then Homer Simpson starts screaming and hit his head as well. Because, oh, it's jokey. It's just, it's, it's, in, the, it's in the public thing. It's things like that because I'm old. And I remember because, you know, this came out after I was born. So... <laughs> I, I hadn't even heard of this literally until you mentioned it. That's really weird. But I bet you that there are parts of it that have been put into your head as being probably come from it the idea of a savant i'm sure at some point in your life has probably come into it even though like i say savants in terms of autistic savants are only uh only exist for 10 percent of those with autism as a percentage of the population are only one percent but autistic people well they're either unable to do anything or they're a genius it's just what they are um I mean, I've literally had it before myself because I tend to do a lot of educational things back to back. And when anybody um, has found out at certain points that I'm uh, on the spectrum, oh, well, that must help. Fuck you on about? It doesn't help. It doesn't help because I have, I, I, I have a near eidetic memory as well. Um, nowhere, nowhere near what he does. But there are certain things when they're told to me once, I just remember them. I don't have action over it. My brain just does it. And so it, it's, but it's always equated to um, being on the spectrum. It's never seen as it's something that my brain developed over time or it's, you know, whatever. It's, oh, well, that must help. No. <laughs> it's an irritation. So, Lauren, what do you think? If you put them all together, and I know your opinion may have changed, but please don't let my opinion and Ben's have bullied you into a different one. Give your own opinion. <laughs> I don't think it was kind of an accurate representation all over of autism, but I think it was, although what they called it was wrong, there are people that are obviously like that. And I think in that way, that was a good representation because it sort of opens up people's eyes to, if they haven't been around anyone that has those issues, how are they gonna know how to not upset them or what to kind of do. Yeah. So I don't think it was good for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was good for certain things, okay? Yeah, I mean, if we look at it in terms of a film, if we take out the trigger words, autism, savantism, high functioning, blah, 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 then it isn't that bad of a film. Yeah. If we just if we just had it as if we just had it as a brother that got into issues um, had been institutionalised oh turns out they can count cars great let's make some money so that I can pay off my debts oh actually you're yeah, guy. It, yeah it'd be a lot better of a film but yeah. would it have had four Oscars and that's what pisses me off as well is because it's like oh yeah it's such a great representation it's a bit like the Joker because that I'm sorry guys anyone that likes Joker for mental health is fucking awful. What, the new one? Yes. So many things wrong with it. 
so many things. It's terrible. Really? It's terrible. For, for, one, for one big thing, one big thing, because they're, they're just showing him as, um, oh, he has disability, disability, blah, 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 blah. They make reference to the fact that he can't fucking read or write during that film. And that's just blown aside. But they add it in. Why did you add it in if you didn't want to be part of the disability for Joker? Literally, he can't write. If you look at it in that film, there's a bit where they show that he can't write and he can't fucking understand it. And it pisses me off. Because, oh, but he writes his jokes. Yeah, but he's taught how to. But it's like a throwaway 10 second thing that you have to watch about five times to pick up on it. But why does okay. it need to be there in the first place unless you're trying to piss people like me off? Um, <laughs> there's so many issues with it. it also, the idea of um, psychopathy as being a, ba uh, being a bad thing because every time a psychopath is homicidal, of course they fucking are. No, they're not. Anyway, this film. I'm sorry, it's every time, every time that mental health, a mental health film, especially when it pretends to be a mental health film, fucks it up. And I know that they can't be the same for everyone. They can't be, you know, it can't be all things to all people. But just, it, it's because it's always lauded on by everyone else. And it's never lauded on, for instance, I don't remember Autistic Society of America or, or um, the equivalent of the UK ever lauding Rain Man when it came out. I don't remember certain associations to do with mental health lauding Joker when it came out. Everyone else did, though. Why not the people that actually understand it? That's what pisses me off, because that's what sticks in the social ideal is what's in the paper. Oh, look how amazing this deals with mental health. That's an issue as well, because it, it's, that's all it's ever called. It's all, always called mental health. All right, it's what do you mean? one thing, though. Yeah. Because, like I said before, ASD is the one thing that connects me and Ben, and the fact that we both at certain times have issues um, with eye contact, which comes out of that ASD, I presume it must be that. But every other issue that we have, not the same. I'm pretty sure, Ben, you don't have OCD, for instance. Mate. No, yeah. so, no, no, no. Going, no, he fucking doesn't. <laughs> um, and if I, you I don't see his floor right now. You <laughs> and I've, I've never had any blackout periods that I know you have. So, but it's just mental health. It's, it's just that you know. It's you're dealing with mental health. Also, I also love that as well when you're dealing with mental health. Because everyone has mental health. You're, you're talking about an overarching ideal of something. It's, that, it's a bit like saying you're dealing with health. The like, fuck um... you about? <laughs> and the problem is that, it, that it, every time one of these films wants an Oscar, that's what they throw at it. It's just when they want an Oscar. It's, you know, it's the Joker, it's Rain Man. It's those kind of films that piss me off no end. And it, that's coming from someone... I, fucking love the Joker as a character um, and I generally like Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise as actors um, I think they're amazing to their craft but <laughs> dear fucking god <laughs> there's, there's so many issues like I say as a film overall when you try and take it all out it probably wouldn't be that bad but it wouldn't have won anything because it wouldn't have been that much of a, of a developmental film so it's hard you know do we just say well, it, like you were saying, Ben, and yeah, I agree. Without it, would be in the same place in terms of autism or mental health in general.
yes, no, indifferent. I'm not too sure. I don't know. Um, although it was the film came out after I was born, I was like three, so I don't really know a world before it. Um, so it's hard to know, but at the same time, does it deserve the praise it gets? Arguably, again, no, because like I say, the guy from The Guardian from two years ago who writes on this stuff and the representation of things, even he was looking for something else, he was looking for that oh, well, you know, they must look like this for, for them to have been in the media. But there's been loads of films and TV that have been successful that have someone in it that is likely ASD. You know, I, I'm trying to think of other ones off the top of my head, but I, uh, I know there have been. Google it. I've literally got my phone. Go for it. Let's see what Google right, says, because Google may be looking for stuff already. I made this in a different, in a different podcast with someone um, I can't remember what it, what it was for, what, which podcast it was, but that Google isn't always right. And you can trick Google into being wrong with very simple questions, but go on. Um, this could be interesting to see what it comes up with actually. Go on. I've literally Googled movies, m movies with autistic people in, and it's come up with, autism movies for young adult audiences okay nathan kingdom don't know what that is keep the that's 2018 keep the yeah. change which is 2017 don't know what that is i'm trying to think of anyone i can actually i actually know i mean currently we're proving the guy from the guardian's point <laughs> yeah, yeah. but also have you noticed something? They have to be expressly autistic. When you've put in yeah. films about, they're expressly stating these are films for autistic people. And my point is there's plenty of successful films that likely have people in that are autistic. <gasps> oh, we're separating them. Oh, oh I'm, I'm going to prove your point more now. It's gone um, 37 movies featuring autism. And then you scroll down and it goes, look, can you see it? Child friendly movies to. to Pablo, yeah. Look, they don't have to be child friendly to be. They're they're not even including films with autistic people in them. They're sort of they've taken that question, and they've gone right films for autistic people. Yeah. No. It, that's what the that's what society has done because that's how that to me that's the kind of the legacy of this film. It's skewed yeah. public perception. It's introduced the idea of autism into, into the discussion, um, into public discourse, but in a good way or not, I don't know. It could be another 30 years until we find out. Um, I might have to fact check this. I might have to fact check this, but I know, well, I don't know. But <laughs> I think I've read somewhere that um, Anthony Hopkins is somewhere on the spectrum, but he only got diagnosed at the age of, 79 i believe that's entirely possible that because for when he was younger he would that the test wouldn't have existed um, no. but yeah like i was saying so there could be actors oh, she, boom, boom, boom. she keeps sorry, popping sorry. in like this go on you carry on <laughs> i just i just googled actors that are autistic and apparently robin williams is autistic robin williams yeah yeah that wouldn't surprise me depression um, or i mean depression who sorry tim burton that definitely wouldn't surprise me. A writer or a filmmaker, not an actor. Please tell me you know who Tim Burton is. Oh, God. 
Ben, you you have some films to get her watching, dude. Seriously. I'm so okay. I, I mean, when it comes to films. I, I mean, we literally just discussed the Joker. Tim Burton's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. Carry on. <laughs> In the right, 20 celebrities who have autism. Is this literally what I'm Googling? But the fact that you need to, we're, we're going looking for it, means that we don't recognise yeah. any of the traits. Now, that could be seen as a good thing. Why should we have to, because other, otherwise they get separated out and then actually that's a bad thing if they're separated out and there's yeah. almost a segregation of having mental health issues but we don't recognize it because what's in our head all three of us even those that have suffered what's in our head of someone with autism well we expect them to act a certain way they should be yeah. if someone if we knew an actor who was withdrawn always tried to shy away from the camera you know things like this then we might go oh well maybe they have autism not intentionally we wouldn't do that to try and downgrade them in our heads but our head would yeah, just do it. Kind of yeah, I mean, weirdly enough, Dustin Hoffman, of all actors I can think of, probably fits what I, in my head, because of society, suggest autism would be. He doesn't do interviews, he completely oh, shuts yeah. off his privacy, and he shies away from the camera. Oh. But like that's what autism only... means. That's literally yeah. not what autism means. But in my head, that's what that film, and subsequently society, has told me that's what autism is. It's well, we we saw him in um, Hook like a week ago, and it was yeah. so weird seeing him go from such a confident, mad character. character he was actually Captain Hook. Character actor. That, and we were just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> good, yeah, I mean, he's he is very much a a character actor. Um, sorry, I'm just googling something as well. See if I can find. Uh, any I didn't properly look, I just skimmed. Just skimmed, it's just disgraceful behavior. Sorry, <laughs> we're uni students, um, we have to. <laughs> uni students, uh, we, ha we have to skim. Was that yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, my battery just started to go there, so hopefully, there isn't just a blue thing that came up on the screen. Then I have replugged it in. No, I've actually, um, I've actually just put in um, films for um, uh, films that have autistic characters in them okay. and it's still come up with suggestions of films for autistic people. Has it? So Google still is trying to redirect me because it doesn't fit the algorithm. That's really bad. Yep. Um, oh, here we go. I just found one whilst on the phone. Seven most honest depictions of people with autism, TV and films. Let's see if we agree with this. I feel like we've now turned into one of those normal list channels, but, you know, let's see. <laughs> so, we may not have fucking heard of any of these, by the way. So, okay. Atypical, it's on Netflix, anyone? I've seen an advert for it, haven't watched it. <laughs> okay, that's about autism spectrum disorder. Uh, what else we got? Guess what number one is? <laughs> Fucking is Rain Man. <laughs> Ignore that list, I think. <laughs> this is just proving my point. Literally, the title of this list is the most honest depictions huh. of people with autism and TV. They don't even get his condition right. 
as I said, one of you now go into Google and put in um, definition of low functioning uh, autism and then look at high functioning autism. You've both seen the film. You tell me which one Dustin Hoffman's character is. They describe low function autism. Yep. As autism with an intellectual disability. Symptoms may include impaired social communications, interactions, bizarre beha bizarre behaviour, and lack of social or emotional empathy. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but all four of those are characterisations of which Dustin Hoffman goes under in that film. And those are for which form of autism? Low. There we go. But he's high functioning. He's high functioning. Absolutely. They don't even get his thing right. So that, oh. yeah. These are things. Yeah. Sorry, apparently high functioning autism isn't an official medical diagnosis. Not technically, neither is low. Technically. Okay. They're, they're, they're a separation. Again, it depends on the country, but they're technically a separation that is created so that you can deal with people in different ways. So um, that's what's even worse about it. But you generally can, can identify low and high because you identify them in a way so that do they need to be looked after basically. Um, and that's the reason, but no, they're not defined, but then autism in most of its ideals isn't defined properly. Like I say, ASD, it may be older than three or four years, but it certainly is, is less than a decade old. Um, so even, even the way that we're looking at it is, is done. They've got one here, actually, what's eating Gilbert grape? I don't know if either of you have seen that. It's got a very young Leonardo DiCaprio in it. I saw it a very long time ago. Yeah. Is that the one, Ben, that you suggested that we should watch when we figured out we had to buy a Rain Man? Who, me? No, ignore me. Sorry, it wasn't you. It was my mum. Sorry. <laughs> That's just worrying, but okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't mind that film. I would have never associated him as ASD. I, I might have to go watch a film because it's been many years since I've seen it. But that's my point. You look at the thing that says it's the most honest depiction because that's what, man, society's telling most honest. And Rain Man is number one. Number one. I don't mind it as saying it's a film that depicts issues of mental health or anything like that. Fine. It's the most honest depiction. Fuck the fuck off. <laughs> it's just no. It's it, ah, it doesn't have special abilities. It makes him sound like a fucking superhero. I mean, that's literally that scene. If you remember in that scene with the doctor, when he takes him to the doctor, um, and the doctor literally gets a calculator and goes, Does he have any special abilities? Oh, I've read this somewhere. What's this times this? What's this times this? It's like thousands times thousands, isn't it? It's like ridiculous, yeah. like com things that you won't be able to do without a calculator. Oh, there's plenty of people that can. There's, there's, there's um, a guy. Oh, <laughs> he's, called, he's called the math superhero or something like that. There is a guy yeah. that does it. He literally tests people to um, have a calculator and try and beat him. But that's my point. Though he hasn't, like, he's. It's just nonsense. The idea that it's most, if it just said films that depict people with autism, but the most honest. I think that's that's the irritation that I have with this film because that is the baseline. And that may be the issue for um, everything else. Also, did you know 
according to Christchurch University, would you like to know um, that autism is not a mental health issue? It does not come under the mental health um, for the university. It comes under disabilities, which are two separate parts. It is a disability, not mental health. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> and actually, I was going to say to their credit, but I don't know if I want to give the university credit. That's not just them. That comes from other places. And that's, no, it's not just Christchurch. It's not Christchurch's special project. That's a lot of other places. It's kind of defined like that. Autism is a disability, not a mental health issue for a lot of places, a lot of institutions. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know how. The, so the reason, the only reason I can think of would be that both FG syndrome and autism are a now i'm not a chemist i'm not a biologist but they are um, a variation or a change in the x chromosome so there is a there is a genetic issue that's the only reason i can see that you would suggest that it is a disability rather than mental health but at the same time depression is an imbalance of dopamine <sighs> mm which is a physical issue. So why isn't that a disability? So I don't, but again, that's not just the university. I give the university crap. I, I won't necessarily give it for stuff that isn't just them. So yeah, um, it is a lot of places. It's a lot of institutions that have, have it for that. Um, but I think we need to actually get some real representation. And actually weirdly enough, I think there are so many better representations of people with mental health and general disabilities in some of the stupidest fucking movies you can think of. There's a film called Stuck on You that I can remember. It's about, it's a yeah. take film, completely politically incorrect, but it has um, people with learning difficulties and mental health issues in that film. And when people try and take the piss out of them, their response is to tell them to fuck off, basically, because they're normal people. Yeah. They don't have, they're not, it's not some, weird wonderful thing it's they're just normal people and, they, and that film treats them as normal people as they are um but then when we get films that try and highlight it i think that's where the issue it becomes an issue because they never highlight it properly so it's hard to determine how you would make a film that sticks to an idea of autism that would ever be right because um how me and ben would see this film i'm sure if we found 50 other people with asd they'll laud it as being fantastic so these are what that's why I say at the beginning, this is our opinion, nobody else's. So, um, if we look at it, okay, so three scores here irrelevant, ir irrelevant, that's not the word, regardless, I'm just making up different words for different things. Regardless of the mental health, what would you give it out of 10? Only looking at mental health, what would you give it out of 10? And if you put the two together and just the general film, what would you give it out of 10? So, Lauren, first off, if just ignoring the mental health side of it, just as a film, what would you give it out of 10? Like a, like a four. Four? Ben? I'm not so good at scoring films, but maybe... Oh. I think this is where we just look at it as like a card-counting brother. We ignore the mental health yeah. stuff. Okay, okay. Um... Six. Six. And yeah. I mean, I'd probably, uh, 
I might give it the same about a six if it's just as regardless of any mental health and just separate from it. In terms of a mental health film, Lauren, don't be swayed. Your view. But you've made it sound crap now. Your view, though. That's it's also oh, why no, no. You, why you're here because you don't, as far as we know, you you don't have ASD. And yeah. you are a representation of society, the same as everyone else's. So, um, I'd say maybe. In... Sorry, one of my fish just got stuck behind the filter. Um, <laughs> um, as a mental health thing, probably I'd review like a six or a seven. Okay. In my personal view. Yeah. Ben? Yeah. Um, four. Four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, it's a one from me. Um, <laughs> it, I'd give it zero, but they at least mention that it's a condition. So I've got to give them that. Um, yeah. In terms of a depiction of a mental health film, it is a mental health film. It is a mental health issues film. Mm -hmm. That is where their representation ends, as far as I'm concerned, because they get the labelling wrong, they get the condition in general wrong, they get how he would interact wrong, um, they suggest so many things that just wouldn't be part of the character. The fact that he followed the fucking person around and still got the character wrong suggests so many other issues, actually su suggests a societal issue prior to the film that Dustin Hoffman was swept up in. Um, I'd suggest uh, both of you and anyone else out there that's watching the, you know, the half of a person that was watched for the first 10 minutes, um, go and watch anything on Tim Peak. Just see Tim Peak speak and tell me that it's a representation as Dustin Hoffman has put it forward, as it is supposedly meant to be. And the director has suggested it is, sorry, the writer has suggested it is over and over and over and over again. Um, so this film generally, so... Uh, what about overall, just as a, as a film? I mean, it got four Oscars, but so just as a film, if we look at it, not regardless of mental health and not just as mental health, but as a film, what do you reckon, Lauren? Maybe a five. Keeping that average there. We've gone from four yeah. to six to five. Keeping that five average. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Um, oh. Still a six for me. <laughs> Still a six? Okay. Yeah. Um, from me, I think I'd be a bit nice. If I, if, if I put the two together and try and suspend some disbelief, um, then I, I will say, I'll say a seven. Um, so just to give you an idea, I'm just looking it up now. So Lauren, you scored it across the three parts. So as an overall film, mental health, and regardless just what's left over, you gave an average of five. Um, ben, you gave an average of uh, 5.3 recurring. Mm -hmm. um, and what did I do? Seven, eight, 14. I've given an average of uh, 4.6 recurring, I think. Um, so, Rotten Tomato. Huh? That was some quick math. 
Don't fucking start. Um, <laughs> I could also be very wrong. I'm now just just because of that. I've also got to check. So I really want to be wrong now. I really hope I'm wrong. This is the only time either of you are going to hear that. Uh, da, 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 da. Fuck. Um, yeah, it's 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 four point six recurring. Um, <laughs> and it's five point three recurring, and it. Fuckly fuck fuck. Right, okay. Um, I like math. Piss off. <laughs> so, um, we've got 4.6 recurring for me, 5.3 recurring for you, Ben, and 5 for you, Lauren. Amazon gives it 4.7 out of 5. So that's 94%. So that's 94%. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 89%. And IMDb gives it 8 out of 10, so 80%. Do you ever get the feeling that critics just follow the general consensus? Yeah. Um, Google, as a liked film, gives it 90% as well. Um, it's quite possible that anyone that's made it to the end of this uh, review slash discussion has gone, well, you're all talking bullshit. I fucking love it. And they are one of the 90%. But considering we are the ones specifically that do deal with mental health issues and try and develop them. Um, it is worrying that we are so different from the consensus, you know, 46.6% if we put into percent for me, 53.3% for you, Ben and 50% for you. And the nearest to us was 80% from IMDb. It's nowhere near. Uh, it's, it is worrying that that is the representation of a generation and probably of more generations of mental health films. Like, even if you put it in now, like I say, when you find for the best depiction of mental health and for autism, it's Rain Man, apparently. You'd have thought we'd have learned stuff in the past 32 years, but apparently not. Um, anyway, I think we'll end it there because I'll go on another rant. Um, hopefully I've allowed uh, both of my other committee members to get a word in occasionally. Um, a little bit, just... That's enough now, though, Lauren. Um, that's a joke, by the way, guys. I think Ben's camera just on this point has now frozen. So I'll say goodbye, guys. Thank you for joining me. Um, and thank you for joining us. And do join us next week. These podcasts are out every Monday at 12 p.m. See you later, guys. Thanks. <laughs>